0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the MCN Sport Podcast. I'm Ollie Rushby and joining me this week for a special season preview podcast is our MotoGP reporter Simon Patterson. Hello.
1: Just before flying out to Qatar, you can't be yeah, that far before going. I fly in nine hours, overnight flight to Qatar um, because I booked my flights... I should, normally I don't actually arrive until the Thursday morning, but I booked my flights a day early because the schedule has changed this year, and I had my flights booked before they announced the schedule change. Because obviously it's always been a four day race weekend before. So just this just year take us three. through
0: these schedule changes, Simon, because I, I, I actually don't fully know what they are. So we used to have practice
1: on a Thursday, didn't we, in Qatar? Yeah. because
0: of the nighttime because, racing.
1: Because so there's a there's a window in Qatar of darkness that you can ride a motorbike in, because after about ten o'clock. Um, it cools down the tarmac obviously cools quite quickly Qatar is a lot more humid than people think because it's it is a desert but it's also on the coast so the humidity came in and the the tar got wet basically um so you always had a window of about three hours that you could ride in the dark and obviously to fit in all of practice all of qualifying in three races and that it was a bit tight so we needed to run over four days so what they've done this year instead is just decided you know what. Moto Two and Motor 3 can ride in the daylight. So we're starting now. I think the first track action last year was 5 pm. This year it's 1 pm. So we're starting a lot earlier. There. Um, there's a lot of people not very happy about it because it means that we're practicing in conditions that won't be race conditions for most of the weekend. Um and it seems like the LaSalle circuit is a little bit slippy when the temperature is still up, I mean, like we see at places like Herez or like uh, Barcelona. Um, It seems like there's a little bit of an issue with that, and there was a few of the MotoGP boys, so we saw at the test last week, most of them sat in the garage until like 5 o'clock in the afternoon anyway, Um, and there was a few of them concerned that it was going to make things a bit interesting for Moto3 and Moto2, Moto3 especially, because their race is going to be in daylight.
0: Well, that's that's quite interesting, isn't it? So Moto GP
1: will still be racing in in darkness. Yeah. Moto two is around dusk, is it? Moto two, the sun sets officially sets ten minutes into the Moto two race, so it should make for some stunning pictures. And yeah, that, it, and
0: that sort of time always does provide stunning photography from Qatar, yes. doesn't it? I know that, I know the photographers love that. Um, and then Moto three are, are in daylight now, yeah, but there are indeed it's concerns about the the grip, <laughs> the grip level. Yeah, it'll um, be interesting to see how it works out. So we're going into a new season, um, pre-season testing looks interesting,
1: Yeah. Mark um, Marquez looks very strong though. Mark is, yeah. Um, it's hard to rule out Mark as the title contender anyway because we've seen him win the championship on bad bikes, but it seems like the Honda's fixed this year, it seems like that engine's a little bit more little bit more refined than it was last year. They still have some work to do, but they think that they can do that with electronics even though the engine is going to be sealed uh, tomorrow, actually. the season but they think they can refine it a little bit more with with electronics and yeah he he's had a strong test and he's not been fastest but that's partly been because of strategy he has very much concentrated on long runs he was the fastest in race pace in thailand he was fast in race pace in malaysia he was fast in race pace in Qatar. so all in all, I think he's probably, yeah, he's as strong as he's been for three or four years.
0: But we're, we're not quite in the position where we were, was it thirty or 14, where he won the first 10 races or yeah, something no. crazy like that? Yeah, I,
1: I asked him about that at the, the final test and he laughed at me. Um, he said that they're not anywhere near in that position yet, that the bike is nowhere near as good as the 14 bike was. Um, and that the, 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 they just need to, yeah, they just need more time,
0: really. And I guess the thing with fourteen as well is his rivals weren't in a particularly strong place then either. Exactly. Whereas now I think we've got one of the strongest MotoGP grids we've had in in a Without long
1: while. There's two Yamahas that can win the title. There's two Hon- or two Jacanis that can win the title. There's satellite riders that could potentially win the title if Johan Zarco or Kyle Crutchler were to put together a decent season. You know, it's, it's as close as it's been in a very, very long time. It's probably as close this season as it's been since we went to four-stroke.
0: I mean, that's, that's fair going. Dovi had a great year last year, came yeah. out of the woodwork, came out of the darkness to surprise <laughs> yeah. and, and become a title contender because he'd always been uh, a Danny Pedrosa-type figure. Yeah, There or thereabouts. Yeah. But, you know, he came out and he really... Well, he embarrassed Lorenzo, didn't he? You know, Ducati had just spent all this money on hiring the big gun and the bloke they've had in the closet for three years comes out and... And challenges Mark Marquez for the for the title right yeah. until the final round. Can he continue that momentum this yes, year?
1: He absolutely can. They the Dovi that we've seen so far this year is the Dovi from the end of last season, not the Dovi from the start of last season. Um he's found his mojo, he's found his confidence, he has gelled with the bike after like probably building that bike into his you know, he's spent so long with it working on it. Um and he just he sounds like a different person. He sounds more confident. He's upbeat. He's not stressed out. He's relaxed. You know, he he spent the final day of the test at Qatar working on race setup because they've done all they need to do for testing. That's that's the sound of a confident rider. So if
0: we go to the other side of the Ducati garage and we've got Jorge Lorenzo, didn't win a race last year for the first year since. Since he's been in MotoGP, yeah, yeah, so his
1: only season in ten years. He, he's,
0: he was in pretty dire positions last year, but he was getting better, and at yeah. certain tracks he was going well.
1: Surely we're going to see a Lorenzo win this year. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we could even see one at Qatar. It's a circuit that he loves, and it's a circuit that sits the bike well. He yeah, it took him longer than he expected to work on the to get. You know, he had to make fairly major alterations to his riding style. He had to completely change how he rides the bike through corners, mainly to get around that. So there's still an issue with Ducati turning mid-corner. So in long, fast corners, which is Lorenzo's strength because he's he's just so silky smooth, so much corner speed. So they really, really screwed him up uh, going to the Ducati. It seems like he's changed his riding style to fix that a little bit. It seems that like the bike has got a little bit stronger there. And all in all, you know, the the whole package is better this year. We saw in Malaysia, he blitzed the absolute circuit out red lap record. He's now the fastest person ever in two wheels around the Sepang circuit. So he's feeling pretty good, you know, at certain tracks. But as we
0: know, fast in testing doesn't necessarily
1: equate to fast
0: in no. uh, in racing. But then again, he wasn't just fast, was he? Because he went to Thailand and had an absolute nightmare. He had a
1: nightmare in Thailand, yeah. Just conditions changed. He couldn't get the feeling. He went back to the 17. He stole one of Danilo Petrucci's uh bikes and the, the paramite garage just so he could have a go in gp P seventeen to try and get the feeling back. And and did eventually admit that he got lost a little bit, that they were chasing the wrong thing, that the eighteen bike is the better bike. Um and then he went to to the final test in Qatar and sort of found himself again a little bit and looked a bit stronger and from out from the
0: outside I I'm I'm not convinced that Lorenzo can pull together a title attack this year. I'm not
1: convinced either, I have to admit. He's saying he can. Well, that's what he's paid to do. Well, of course it is. Um, We need to see him going out and win two or three races right at the start of the season before we can honestly say that, you know. But then it was six rounds in last year before Dobby showed that he could be a title contender. So, you know, I don't think Mark's going to let them get away with that this year, though. I think people are... If you're going to be a title contender, you're going to have to do it earlier this year.
0: Speaking of title contenders, Mm -hmm. we sat here with the 2018 MotoGP preview supplement of MCN. Yeah. Which you've been working on for the last couple of weeks. It's in this week's issue, out Wednesday, 14th of March. Um, 40 pages, biggest ever supplement. Biggest ever supplement. Uh, It is very, very good, very comprehensive guide to the season, and there's some really great technical stuff in there, so commend you on that. But staring out the front cover, of course, is Valentino Rossi. Um, And it says here the goal for the season is to win the title. Yeah. Now, as I've just said about Lorenzo, of course, he's paid to yes. say that, so he's got to say that at the start of the season. But where, where is Valentino? Is he now too old? What is going on with the Yamaha? The Yamaha hasn't been magically fixed over winter, has he? It's still been struggling in testing. Yeah. Can Valentino and Rossi pull together a title attack?
1: Well, first of all, it looks like... So, uh, we're going to Qatar. I'm going to Qatar tonight. Um, I'd imagine by Sunday's race, Valentino Rossi will have signed a new two-year deal with Yamaha. Um, I'd imagine that announcements coming this weekend he wouldn't be doing that if he didn't think he could win titles still you know so he believes that whether or not Lorenzo believes in his heart that he can be a title contender this year or not I don't know rossi does that's certain uh whether or not he can thanks to the bike is a different question um Yamaha really dropped the ball last year you know they delivered a bike that wasn't very good they got blinded by maverick vignala's intestine Um, And, uh, you know, a few people have said to me since Maverick jumped off the Suzuki onto Yamaha and the Suzuki is a good bike, but it's not a great bike. The Yamaha is or was possibly the best bike in MotoGP. So he's immediately going to think that whatever he's given is amazing. And they followed that direction and it didn't work. Um, I think they probably missed Jorge Lorenzo after nine years of development. And you kind of got to the point, didn't you, where, where
0: Rossi and Vinales were bickering.
1: Yeah. And and they were bickering in pre-season
0: testing and, and slamming each other in, in yeah. press press debriefs. And
1: it's still carrying on to an extent. Because Rossi blames Vinales, and yeah. Vinales blames Rossi. Yeah. Um I, I yeah, that is true. And it all sort of came to a head at Mugello last year whenever Michelin brought a new speck of tire at the request of quite a few writers, including Rossi and Vinales, that just didn't work for them. It's been nine years since Rossi last won a title though. I know. But but then for three years in a row there. He was second every year. He was runner-up every year. He is one of only two men ever to beat Mark Marquez in a championship in MotoGP. You know? He still has the fire in him. I think it's more been a case of things not quite falling his way than anything else. He still has the speed to win races, certainly at certain tracks. And the reason that he suffered last year was because the grip issues with the Yamaha meant that he couldn't win... At the tracks where he normally does win, the old European grand historic Magellos and Assens, even though he did win there, the Silverstones. Uh, so, if they can fix that, and things are getting better, clearly, Yamaha is getting better. It's not great, but it's better again. Um, and they seem to have found a direction again a little bit. So, if things get better, there's no reason why he can't start off the season by taking a couple of race wins and, you know, being able to build on that momentum.
0: Going to the other side of the garage, Maverick-Vinales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This time last year, we were all sat there thinking, wow, we've got we've got this Vinales kid coming through. We've got two another youngs- Marquez. Two youngsters going at it, Marquez versus Vinales. Yeah.
1: How did that drop off a cliff? His head fell off. To be completely honest, uh, I think most of Maverick's problems are mental. He had a great start to the season. He, won the f- he was fastest in all three tests. He was... Uh, won two out of the first three races. He was, you know, able to battle with Rossi and forced a mistake from Rossi. At Le Mans. he was that fast, and then it just started to fall apart. He had a few bad rounds. His confidence started to go. He started to blame everyone but himself, <coughs> and from there it just went to Derwent's bow. Um, I didn't realize actually. Just how bad it was until I was looking through some stats today day for the supplement. After that Le Mans race where he, he forced Rossi into crashing, he never won another race. He hasn't won since. You know, that's pretty impressive, actually, for how, you know, as a, as a tale of warning. Can he fight back? The problem is that he hasn't fixed his, his mental problems yet, it seems. He's still, you know, we saw on all three tests he'd be fast one day and he'd be 20th the next day. Um conditions aren't changing the bike isn't changing so you know the other factor there that has to be taken into account is the rider isn't it until he fixes that he won't be a title contender he might be able to win races but he won't be a title contender
0: and last year we kind of saw towards the end of the year Jan Zarco on the Tech 3 Yamaha on the older older bike 2016 bike absolutely embarrassing the pair of them then he jumped on the 2017 bike at Valencia and went quicker than the pair of them again yes what's the situation there what bike is Zarco
1: riding this year so We don't know. Um, There has been so many variations of the Yamaha over the last 18 months that I don't think anyone knows which which bike is which anymore. They've had new chassis, they've had new parts, they've had new engines now for this season, and it's a completely confusing situation with who's on what. (coughs) It seems like Zarko might be still on the 16 chassis. Which is actually the twenty fifteen chassis, because the sixteen chassis was never raced. It was a a prototype that was brought in test, and they didn't like it. They went back to the previous bike. So Zarco's now in a three year old bike, which I'm sure some people in Japan aren't a big fan. Well, of. it's
0: kind of it's kind of the reason that Herve Pontreale has left Yamaha, isn't it? Because yep. he he was sort of
1: expecting after Zarco last year that they'd that get the machinery that the same as the same dealers. Petrichi has and uh. has, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Zarko's on, on an old bike, but it seems like the, the... So, Johan is a he's a strange character. He's not your average bike racer. He's not motivated by the things that maybe necessarily most bike racers are. But it means that he's very, very good at just getting on it and riding. <clears throat> and it seems like the reason that he's been able to find the strength of that bike is that that's, he doesn't care what bike he's on. He doesn't care what the strengths or the negatives of the bike are. He just finds a way to set up the bike around them, to ride around them and just copes with it. Um, he's a very smooth rider, which obviously helps with tire life. And, you know, he's, he's surprised even Rossi last season by finishing races on soft tires that no one else would have thought of running. And, you know, so, so his riding style does help. And he insists over and over again, the secret to riding this bike is to be Jorge Lorenzo. You have to ride it like Jorge Lorenzo. I'm trying to ride like Lorenzo. I'm changing my riding style to be like Lorenzo. And that is obviously helping. But, you know, I think if the Yamaha boys stopped trying a new chassis every weekend or every other weekend and just tried to fix what they had, maybe that would go a long way to solving some of the problems there.
0: It's, it's all very interesting. And surely Zarco, if things continue, and we've been quick in testing, could mm. win races this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zarko would be a decent bet for this weekend in Qatar Um, obviously we all remember what happened there last year uh, and he did finish the test there fastest although his race pace was a long way off whenever you look at you know he was sort of second a lap slower in his long run Um, so although he did his long run at the end of the day and admitted that he wasn't really pushing as well so it wouldn't surprise me if he won this weekend I'll say that much Cal Crutchlow, um, yeah.
0: guest editor of our Motive GP supplement. And,
1: and I have to say thanks to him because sometimes you get people to come in and guest edit these things and they're a little bit... They play the PR line quite well and they don't say anything offensive. Oh, Cal's certainly not played the PR line. I was reading it yesterday and thinking, oh, do, do we need a lawyer for some of this? <laughs> he's, he's been honest and, and I think the best thing about it is that... Maybe it's because he was so honest about everyone else that he sort of built himself up. He had to be honest about himself as well. And he sort of pointed out a few of his own fault. So. Well, it was interesting because was I know quite... Cal said, you know, I'm not a championship
0: man. I'm not mm-hmm. employed to be a championship man. Mm-hmm. I go out to win races. Yeah. Last year wasn't good for me because I didn't win races. Yes. And we know he can win races because in 16 he won two of them. He won them. two of them, yeah. Um, one in the wet and one in mixed conditions and mm-hmm. one in perfectly dry one conditions in, yeah. around Phillip Island. Yeah. So we, we know he's capable. So Cal will be wanting better race well more race, well race wins this year yes and i think more people will be expecting that of him given the
1: fact he's now on a hrc contract yeah. with the same bike as mark marquez almost exactly the same bike as mark because Cal has been a very important part of the development strategy this year there uh, him and mark ride the bike quite similarly and they're able to share a lot more data than than marquez with someone like danny pedroza that's you know 15 kilos lighter than him and rides very differently so he has been a benefit uh, to the whole team, and he will play a role in Mark's success this year. He also wants to win races, like you say, and he's straight-up said he wants to win at Brno again, he wants to win at Phillip Island again, and he has to win at Silverstone. And you think, looking at his form at, both, at all three of those circuits over the last few years, it's entirely plausible, you know? The bike is good enough, Cow is clearly good enough, he's shown us that before, and he just needs a little bit of luck, I think. Who else on the grid have you got your eye on this year? Oh, Danilo Patrici. Uh, Patrici, Patrici, along with Alicia Spagaro, is the only two riders in MotoGP never to have won a Grand Prix. That has to change this year. Patrici
0: last year, I remember him
1: being on a podium in Mugello. Yeah. And then he just sort of disappeared off a cliff. Until it rained. Uh, A couple of races then it rained and he was suddenly back on it. He really struggled last year with rear grip and rear tyre life and saving the tyre to the end. He has taken fairly aggressive steps to remedy that and turned up in Sepang for the first test 15 kilos lighter. Wow, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's taken fairly aggressive uh, fairly aggressive measures both with himself and with uh, his riding style. He's tried to be a lot smoother all through testing and it, he had amazing race pace on his long run in, in uh, Qatar test. He was the only rider to do a full race distance on their long run. And he was like second, third fastest behind Crutchlow and Rossi. So he's got the pace this year. It looks like he can make the tyre last. It looks like. So Danilo could be another dark horse this year. And obviously he's on GP18 machinery, the same as Lorenzo and Davies. And he's got good. a big boot up his backside because he knows that he will not be riding that, yeah, that Ducati next year. He's already been replaced. They've already signed Moto2 frontrunner Francesco Bagnia. Uh Pecco's coming under the team as, as a really exciting rookie. But with Jack Miller on a contract, it means that, yeah, unless Dovey or Lorenzo decide to walk and Danilo can get a factory seat there, then he's out. And I've heard that Suzuki are really quite interested. Fair, that's quite, and I think Silly Season's going to take off quite
0: soon, isn't it? But let's not quite go there yet. <laughs> um, yeah, give We've us got, a we got quite first. a lot to talk about at the minute. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Pramac Ducati, Jack Miller has been somewhat a revelation in testing. He's jumped off that Honda, which which we all know is quite notoriously yeah. difficult to ride, onto the Ducati, which was never that easy to ride, but seems to be easier yeah. to ride than the Honda, and he's enjoying
1: it. It's a the Ducati is a big, fast, low, long motorbike that sits being ridden like a hooligan a little bit, and Jack is able to slide it. He's able to. You know, really get the benefit out of it. He's able to break hard on it. It suits his riding style to a T, and he's really clicked with it. Um He is absolutely going to be a threat this year for top satellite, based on how well testing has been. You know, and that's that's not an easy thing this year, considering how many other satellites there are. And Tito Rabat again, maybe not to the same level as Not to the same level, but he has also shown just how difficult the Honda is to ride by getting on the Vintage Caddy and actually being quite fast as. You know, we always knew Tito was his next world champion. You don't win world championships. So we're talking about the Honda being difficult to ride, mm-hmm. but two of this year's rookies, are they
0: the only rookies this year? No, we've got five rookies oh, okay. this year. Two of this, yeah. two of this year's rookies are on Honda
1: Machinery. Three of this year's rookies. Three? Yes. We have... We have forgotten. <laughs> we have Moto2 frontrunners Tom Lüty and... Ah, Tom Lüty, of course. And uh, Franco Morbidelli, Moto2 world champion at Mark VDS. And then we've got Take Nakagami, uh, alongside Crutchlow at lcr um we've also got xavier simeon on yep. the second of vintage Yucati, and we have our new malaysian sign in our late edition as if sarin
0: so yeah so three of this year's five yes. rookies uh you can tell i've not been keeping up with <laughs> yeah, that yeah you've been a been bsb testing. testing yeah um are on are on
1: this difficult to ride honda yeah how are they gonna get on they're gonna really struggle um it it sort of not common knowledge, but it was sort of hinted at whenever Morbidelli signed for the Mark VDS team that his mentor Valentino Rossi really would rather he wasn't riding a Honda to make his MotoGP debut because the bike is so difficult to ride. And Mark VDS are probably the worst supported satellite team in MotoGP. Um, they very much get here's last year's bikes. We'll see you in twelve months' time from Honda. They don't get well looked after by by the Japanese manufacturer, um, and it's not going to be an easy season for for two of those rookies. For for Lute and Morbidelli in particular, uh, Nakagami has a little bit of a, a you know things are slightly different for him because he's sitting in a team alongside Kao who is very much well looked after and is a factory rider at the minute, and because Nakagami's Japanese. And isn't it true that before he
0: signed the deal to milk to MotoGP, he tested the MotoGP bike and was apparently frighteningly
1: quick? (laughs) Yeah, he was. I was told... Ooh, let's see. So, the end of the 2016 season, whenever Honda were having real problems with their engine, they did a private test after the Misano race, and... Oh, I want to say someone was injured, but I'm not sure. Jack Miller was injured and Nakagami jumped on the bike and apparently was blisteringly fast. And I have been told since then that he will be the next big thing in MotoGP. Um, we've been hearing, you know, for 18 months how fast he was going to be whenever he made the step up. Looks like he's done it, you know. He's been ultra quick in testing. He's been quite consistent despite absolutely pulverizing a bike. Uh, katara happened to be out in track watching. and whenever he landed beside me and it it was going straight in the metal shredder but you know he's been consistent throughout crutchlow loves him um is really tipping him as the next big thing says he's really easy to work with says he's really you know he takes everything in and he learns and he he's strong that way so i think he's going to be our rookie of the year and i think he's got a bit of an advantage over the other two honda riders
0: Okay, then let's... I don't think there's anyone we've we've forgotten there in, in discussing all of that.
1: No, I think we've covered pretty much um, the whole grid.
0: Of course, we, we mentioned briefly there he
1: Siren yeah. filling in that Tech 3 He has, again, really impressed people by being really, really fast. You know, it it once again proves that you should never discount a writer if Herve Pontreau thinks that they've got potential.
0: Come on then, put your money where your mouth is. Who's going to win the title this year?
1: Uh, Mark Marquez will win the title. Nakagami will be top rookie. Cal Crutchlow will win races. Jorge Lorenzo and Johan Zarco will win races. And Andrea De Vizioso is going to win this weekend in Qatar. How's that okay. for a series of predictions? Well, I'm not going to go up
0: against you, especially <laughs> on the Marquez title <laughs> prediction, because I think that would be a little bit optimistic. Um, but yeah, the good news is I saw someone posted on Twitter the other day um, that this weekend that's just gone was the last non-race weekend <laughs> so for, you for that. seven weeks, with uh, with the British Superbike Championship starting in a couple of weeks' time. World Superbike action resumes next weekend yeah, in yeah, Thailand. Um, I've just got back from from British Superbike testing, which um, which was interesting to say the least. Um, <laughs> mainly because it rained all week. It re- oh, it, <laughs> so the reason that all the British Superbike teams go to Spain testing is because the weather in the UK is. Usually not great at this time of year. and no, did and, uh,
1: last week. That certainly was the case last week.
0: I was 24 hours late to testing because my flight got cancelled because of snow and I had to
1: make my way out there
0: somehow. Um, but unfortunately, Spain has also been hit by the, the bad weather that's been battering yeah. Europe recently. Um, wasn't quite snow down in the south, but it was rain. Um, so, quite a bit of
1: snow in the north, actually. So,
0: yeah, quite a bit of snow in the north, but fortunately we were testing in the south um so very much weather hampered tests for the riders so uh
1: moto two and moto three testing at at the end of last week so basically rained off as well uh,
0: i was at monte blanco with pbm uh jdhp kawasaki and honda uh, an hour up the road yeah um so yeah we had you know we we did get some dry dry running and then we were at carter haina the week before um the mixed conditions meant.
1: I a header for test, and I love that little study. <laughs> the,
0: the, the mixed conditions meant that it was. I mean, I I I said and it kind of got a laugh in the media centre. It's much less of a willy waving competition this year because (laughs) Cartagena BSB does really turn into that, and we don't have any official timing at at, at those private BSB tests. No. Um, So
1: you're kind of relying on the the lap times that teams give you. We used to uh, we used to make a habit of it. Myself and Laura Stevens, the BSB press officer, you'd go to the team, they'd tell you a lap time, then you'd make them show you on the dash of the bike, which they prove that they actually which they
0: can manipulate. Yeah, Um, I know that so there is no way of actually knowing who
1: was fastest and I do believe (laughs) there
0: were a few Billy bullshitters in the times there at tested. so I'm not going to mention any names there Um, (laughs) Christian (laughs) Christian Christian Idom was fast in the test I I, I genuinely do believe that time from them they've switched to Ireland suspension this year yeah um, and, and both him and Michael Laverty really comfortable on the psycho BMW so they should be looking quite strong uh, Shane Byrne very quick at Cartagena which is good for him because when mm. they first went there with the Ducati in 2016 it was they really struggled absolutely didn't they? terrible yeah. um, but then interestingly Shane and the BBM team moved on to Monte Blanco and Shane was really baffled yes. at why he couldn't match the pace uh, of Leon Haslam who topped that test or the Hondas uh, that's in this week's MCN if you want to pick it up Um but it's it's all coming together nicely. Josh Brooks, um, yeah. the McCam's Yamaha team wheeled out this bike out the front of the garage and I was like, What is that? It is <laughs> it is a World Superbike spec, British superbike. Okay. Everything on that bike has come from either Alex Lowe's or Michael Vandermark's R ones, with the exception of the wiring loom yes, and electronics. So okay. yeah, massive step forward for them this year. Massive step forward for Brooks who moves from the smaller private team yes. to the, the factory to the supported team. Factory. And he wasn't thinking blisteringly quick but i've never got a sneaky testing, suspicion that he was sandbagging a little bit as well No, uh, and, and someone <laughs> told me i won't say who it was that brooks didn't really want to go testing right um that's always the sound of a confident writer he didn't want to go testing so he he was kind of and I, I believe it kind of what he did was he went and he made the team try literally everything in the five days <laughs> right if we're going testing i'm yeah. gonna i'm yeah, gonna test yeah. everything yeah and Every, after every session they were ripping parts out of Josh's bike but Josh will be strong this year Taren McKenzie his teammate, yes, looking really strong there's a few people wondering how Tyron would go on the, yeah, the super bike because he's a little bike. lad but I think fighting with that really stiff Moto2
1: bike last yeah. year that didn't was want really to do, anything, tires that don't do has anything taught him a yeah. lot
0: about a bigger bike yes. and, and how to handle it so he's kind of gone to the super bike and which is
1: he's really enjoying and Tarn, is, Tarn told me last year oh year in Moto2 I'm a slow learner I'm a slow learner it takes me time and the BSB Championship said something that way well, I, I got don't think he'll be that to slow, slow to learn okay. I think
0: it'll be quite interesting to see Gino yeah, Rare?
1: another rookie yeah.
0: coming from World Championships yeah. to, to British Championships really quick in testing whether that'll pan out through the season like that I'm not too sure. I think he'll be quick at the tracks he knows and I think but he's he's got quite a loose style so he's gonna have to rein that in a little bit yes. for places like Alton Park, Cadwell Park, Knock Hill. Yeah. Um who else was impressive in testing? Tommy Brywell's looking good. Um, back on a Suzuki with Martin or with an interesting character Tommy last <laughs> year he kind of reclused a little bit which certainly yeah. isn't Tommy Breivel no, he kept not. himself to himself he didn't and you know the first thing I, when I walked into the garage he was taking the piss out of me so, right. so Tommy Breivel Tommy Brible's back to Tommy, Tommy. Back to Tommy yeah, so, yeah. so that could be quite good on the Mavunu Housel Kawasaki Jake Dixon again yeah, looking great on the R F. Reserves Kawasaki. Um they're pondering a suspension switch, but I'm not sure which way they're gonna go, either Olin's or KTEC. We'll find Road. out next week at Donington Park. Uh but Jake will be strong. Leon has them. Luke Mossy's regaining his confidence after yeah, that crash last that year. Way. Um so British Superbikes oh, looking looking pretty strong, and I'm sure we'll reconvene to do a, a BSB yeah. season preview podcast in the next few weeks. Um Oops. World Superbikes next weekend.
1: Yeah. Whose name is on the wall at Cartagena at the minute? Um, that's still Mossy's. Years, so
0: so for those that don't know, that there's a tradition at Cartagena of spray painting your fastest time on the wall, well, the, the pit, pit wall. wall in Cartagena. Yeah. Mossy last year. No one right. went faster than that this year, I don't think. So, uh, yeah. Christian Christian was close, but no one quite yeah. got close to Mossy last it's year. It's a big honour getting to spray paint the there. wall in Cartagena. It is. It is a big, there's always a big ceremony and there's a photographer <laughs> and It's much ado about nothing, really. <laughs> um but yeah um and briefly while we're talking about the spanish testing we had a few road racers out there dan yeah, neem was out did. there on the taiko bmw dean harrison william dunlop out there riding which was good for him because yeah, last year he didn't he, get any yeah. pre-season testing at all michael dunlop was there testing with the the hawk suzuki team although it's not yet <laughs> he ride a hawk confirmed suzuki? <laughs> whether he'll ride the hawk suzuki at the tt this year rumor has it he wasn't very happy after that test right um but the question stands: What else is he going to ride? Yeah. Um, the clock is the clock is very much ticking. We know yes. he's turned down an offer from BMW, BMW to ride the Tyco BMW. But whether he'll go back into those negotiations or or whether he'll continue with Hawk or do his own thing, of course. Do his own thing. We he did have a BMW S Thousand RR of his own in the garage. In of course super, he did in super stock <laughs> spec. I hasten to add.
1: And if there's one thing we know about Michael, that's that he doesn't necessarily need to make a decision on what he's going to ride until about an hour before the first race at the TT. He, he is an international man of mystery. Ian <laughs> Hutchinson, one of his biggest rivals, um,
0: he was present for Honda's Monte Blanco test last week but wasn't riding because he still Apart got... Apart
1: from a little bit in the car park that he happened to snap. He's
0: still got the cage on his leg. Um, Lee Johnson was there making his Honda debut yes. who had nothing but positive things to say about the Fireblade. He was buzzing after the three Good. days on track. Um Hutchie did ride up and down in the car park just to test the right hand <laughs> gear shift for the team. Of course, yeah. Um, we got some some snaps and video of that. They're in this week's paper. The video's on online on MCN Sports Twitter, that's at MCN Sport. Um, but yeah. Looking forward to the racing this weekend, Simon. Yeah.
1: Um, me you've, too.
0: you've put your money on Dovi for the yeah. victory. I'm gonna go Zarko.
1: Okay. Uh, I okay. had a little bit of time to it's think about f- it. Funny story, um we spoke to him last week after he'd done his wrist simulation at the test, and you know, I I asked him. Now, do you feel more prepared, more confident, more or less likely to make a mistake than you did last year? And he said for the first six laps of his race simulation, he was so stiff and so, so tight in the bike. Then he got thir- through turn two and the end of his sixth lap, or at the start of his sixth lap, he says it was like a whole new rider. <laughs> <laughs> so he's learned a lot in the last year and I don't think, I definitely don't think he'll crash out this year. Race season is upon us. It Let's is. enjoy it. It's great. Uh,
0: we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, pick up this week's motorcycle news for the 40-page MotoGP season preview. Yeah. There's also all the news and gossip from Cartagena and Monte Blanco, there British is. Superbike and road racing And tests. there will be
1: a mountain of news next week from the first round. There is also our new MCN Sport magazine in shops now as well. It's it's a little bit harder to find an MCN, but W H Smith is a good bet. Or if you check out any of our Twitter feeds, there's links to pick it up online with free postage and packaging. With free postage and packaging, it is a bumper season preview. And it's
0: 128, yeah, no, 131 page, yeah, uh, glossy magazine, and
1: it is really
0: nice, really. It's, it's going to be really designed.
1: useful, I think. It's going to be one of those things that I'm going to hold on to all season because it's going to be really handy to flick back and forth. To Full of stats guide. and facts
0: yeah. and exclusive interviews, yeah, of course. Of course. Well, thanks very much for listening. Let's um, go racing.
1: I'm going to get in a plane,
0: mate. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys.